Welcome back. This is the Alley Cats Team where we talk about all things church related. My name is Allison C. Holt and I am your host. Now on today we are going to talk about two historical biblical speeches. Now the first lecture summarizes key points in the Old Testament and the second lecture basically finishes the first lecture and leads us to Jesus Christ. Now regardless, both lectures inform us of the history of the chosen people of God. So now let's see what we can learn on today. We are going to go to the book of Acts and we're going to go to chapter 6. Now, Acts chapter 6 begins with the Grecian Jews complaining against the Hebraic Jews. Now, listen, these people are, are complaining about one another. Now, the Grecians, um, this was a minority group chosen to retain many Greek customs. They chose to retain many Greek customs, and they also chose to speak Greek rather than Hebrew. That's why they are called the Grecian Jews. Now, they felt as though their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. So, therefore, they began to complain about the Hebraic Jews who were actually issuing out the food, and they began to complain to the twelve apostles. Now, the twelve apostles gathered all the disciples together to choose seven men to handle things such of this nature. They created, they had created a new church office, basically is what they did. Now the 12 wanted to dedicate their time to prayer and fasting, and they chose seven who were all Grecian Jews. Listen to this, they were not Hebraic. You know, the Grecians were complaining about the Hebraic Jews. So they chose seven men, they were all Grecian Jews, and one was named Stephen, who was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Now this prologue paved the way for us to understand some of Stephen's characteristics. His belief, his faith, and his commitment. And if I didn't say it, I'm going to say that the first speech was given by Stephen. Now we're going to go to Acts chapter 6 verse 8 and basically this is going to be something of the uh, effect of a telling a story or doing a reading of the scripture but we're going to get some we're going to you know talk about some of the key points that come down in this scripture because we want to learn about the word of God. Acts chapter 6, the 8th verse. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, the Cyrenians, and the Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. So there are, um, how do we call it? We want to say religious folk, religious people begin to dispute or argue with Stephen. Now opposition arose from members of the synagogue and they argued with Stephen basically. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit which 
Stephen spoke because remember Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit that lets us know that the Holy Spirit empowers us the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom you know the Bible talks about Jesus actually said it he said you know don't worry about what you're gonna say when you stand before others when you stand before um, um, I would say those in authority when you stand before those in authority don't don't be concerned or worry about what you're gonna say when you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside why because the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to speak and here the Bible is telling us that these religious folk they could not resist the wisdom that Stephen began to speak why because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Then they suborned, they secretly bribed men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. The religious folks, the teachers, the leaders of the synagogue, of the church, begin to bribe men to speak ill will against Stephen and begin to say that he blasphemed against Moses and against God which we all know that was not true however we're going to go ahead and read the story and they stirred up the people they stirred up the elders they stirred up the scribes and they came upon him and caught him basically they rushed upon him and they took him prisoner and brought him before the council and they set up false witnesses which said this man meaning Stephen ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place against the temple against the synagogue and against the law meaning the law of Moses for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered to us. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yes. They begin to say Jesus is going to destroy this place and change the customs of Moses. Which in actuality... That's exactly what Jesus did in a sense. Okay, so they charged Stephen with blasphemy. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfast on him, meaning Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Now listen, when you are full of the Holy Spirit and you are in the presence of God, you're, you glow. Stephen's face glowed. Have you uh, read about how Moses went on the mountain to be with God and when he came down his face glowed. It was so bright until the people weren't able to look upon him. Listen, when you are full of, the, full of the Holy Spirit, your face, your countenance will glow with the presence of God. And that's what is happening here. They looked on Stephen and they saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And they were expecting to see what Stephen was going to say. Now the high priest said unto Stephen, Are these things true? They want to know, are these blasphemy, is this blasphemy true? Now Stephen speaks, 
he starts from the very beginning of their genealogy and this is where the speech or the lecture begins Stephen speaks and he starts from the very beginning of their gene genealogy and this is the longest recorded message in the book of Acts now Stephen speaks on his own defense let's read and hear what Stephen had to say now before that let's do a little uh, 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 research here what Stephen did um, say what did he say basically what did Stephen say that resulted in his death because after this speech Stephen is stoned to death but we want to find out what did he say that led to his death and did he defend himself he did defend himself yes he did he spoke on Israel's past history and God's past workings in order to justify Christianity so Stephen went all the way back to the beginning to justify Christianity with these uh, leaders who did not believe in Jesus Christ so let's see a little bit more what's about to happen in this lecture now within this lecture there are three ideas that come forth. there is a progress of change in God's program God was creative and innovative in his dealings with humans Stephen developed this thought in five points what he began to develop he said he began to develop the, the promise that God gave to Abraham. He began to talk about the sojourn of Joseph. He began to talk about the deliverance on the Moses, the building of the tabernacle, and the construction of the holy temple. So there are five things. The promise of Abraham, the sojourn of Joseph, the deliverance of Moses, the building of the tabernacle, and the construction of the temple. Now, in God's workings with the nations from Abraham to Solomon, there was innovation and there was change. That lets us know that God is a changing God. He's an innovative God. He's a creative God. Basically, he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, but God is ever changing. He's ever doing something new. So we want to, yes, we want to uh, reflect on the thing, what he has already done. But listen, we don't want to stay stuck. We don't want to be stuck in, oh, God did this yesterday. Well, God, he did it yesterday and he can do it today and he can do something new. So let's uh, remember that God can do something new and not stay stuck in one place. Because a lot of times we as Christians or we as, uh, yeah, I'll just say Christians. Um, and the church world today is very religious, very um, trying to figure some words to say very traditional um yeah and the church people a lot of times follow tradition follow uh, things that are basic and want to stay with the basics but listen god is ever changing god does things new he said he he told us that he would do a new thing 
So we got to get our minds or set our minds to realize that God is not this one, um, one miracle God are the same miracle God. God can do things new. We always, uh, a lot of religious folk always feel like you got to do the same thing over and over and over again. But God can do something new. God can do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't have to use the same type of person to do his will or to do his job or to preach his gospel or to save souls he does not have to use the same type of person the same the person that everybody does not have to look the same basically is what i'm trying to say or everybody does not have to move the same when they're doing the will of the lord i may move uh because you know i grew up in a church years ago i may move in one way but someone who is just now beginning to know god a novice in god but who god is really using can move in a different way they can move in areas that i may not uh move in you see what i'm saying god is we can't put god in a box basically because a lot of people do they put god in a box and they feel like god is only going to do the things that are in that box or god is only going to use the people that are in that box or god is only going to speak to those that are in that box no that is not true god can do whatever he wants to do listen he spoke to um if he can speak to a donkey Honey, he can speak to and do whatever he wants to do. So, let's continue to go forward. Now, the blessings of God are not limited to the land of Israel and the temple area. Some of Israel's greatest favors were bestowed apart from the temple and the land. So, Stephen gave four examples. The first example was Abraham was given promises prior to living in Haram. Joseph found favor with Pharaoh and Moses was commissioned in Midian. So God is not, you know, the people or the leaders at that time felt like um, God was limited to that land of Israel where they were located and God was limited to the temple area. They felt like God lived in the temple. But listen, let me tell you, the Bible tells us that God, his throne is in heaven and earth is his footstool. God does not live in the temple. So this, these are some things that Stephen was uh, bringing out to the leaders and to the people during his time of speech, these are some things that made him uh, or made them stone him to death, basically. Now, Stephen uh, also brought, brought out that the law was given outside of the land, that the law was given in the wilderness. Uh, Stephen brought out that the tabernacle was built in the desert, even the temple itself though in the land was not to be limited to its theology so yes Stephen is bringing out some great points so we have to look at this speech we can read through the speech but we need to really uh pick through the speech to get uh the goodness to get to glean what Stephen is actually saying when he lectures 
the leaders. Now Israel in its past always evidenced a pattern of opposition to God's plan and his men. This is the main point that Stephen's lecture is telling them. Always being disobedient, always being an opposition to God's plan, always being an opposition to the men of God, the prophets of, of old. They always came up against it. And that's what Stephen's point is. And this theme is seen throughout this message. Instead of going directly to Mesopotamia, to the promised land, like God told him, Abraham tarried in Haram. God told him to, you know, get gather himself, his stuff, and go to the promised land. But he began to tarry in Haran. Yes, he did. And we can go deeper into that, but this is just a summary. Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt. Always opposition against the plans of God and the men of God. Moses was rejected by the Israelites. So these are the things that the people, the chosen people, did. Israel rejected true worship and they turned to idols. Over and over in the Old Testament, you'll see where the children of Israel turned to idols. And God specifically told them prior to getting into the promised land not to, uh, not to worship idols. There's, there's a list of things not to do, basically, but they did them anyway. So they always were come, was coming up against God. Now, the people of Israel missed the point of the temple. They didn't understand that the Jews believed that the temple was God's dwelling place on earth. And as, as I said before, God's dwelling place is heaven and earth is his footstool. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 7 and we are going to really get into this speech and see what Stephen had to say. Then the chief priest asked Stephen, is this true? Okay, now Stephen answers. Stephen is beginning to start his lecture. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God who reveals his glory appeared to our ancestors, Abraham, in Mesopotamia. This happened before Abraham lived in Haran. God told him, leave your land and your relatives. Go to the land that I will show you. Now, this is one point here. God told him to leave your land and your relatives. What did Abraham do? Abraham brought his, uh, his nephew with him, Lot. Yeah, a lot happened uh, dealing with Lot. But we can see here that God told him to, told Abraham to leave your land and your relatives. Okay, go to the land which I will show you. Then Abraham left the country of Chaldea and lived in the city of Haran. After his father died, God made him move from there to a land where, where we live now. This is Stephen talking. God made him move from the land from that land to the land where we live now, meaning the promised land, the land of milk and honey, Jerusalem. Yet God didn't give Abraham anything in this land to call his own. 
not even a place to rest his feet. But God promised to give this land to him and to his descendants, even though Abraham didn't have a child. God told Abraham that his descendants would be foreigners living in another country and that the people there will make them slaves and mistreat them for 400 years. God also told him, I will punish the people whom they will serve. After that, they will leave that country and worship me here. Now listen, this is the story. This is a, a synopsis of the Old Testament. Listen carefully. We want to go through this and we want to learn something of the Old Testament. If you have never read through the Old Testament, this is something to help you get an idea of what is actually happening in the Old Testament with the children of God. Yes. God told Abraham to leave his family to go to this foreign land. He began to tell him that the people in that land will mistreat them and uh, make them slaves for 400 years. And this land that he's talking about here is the land of Egypt. Now, God told him that he will punish those Egyptians and, he and, and they will leave that country and go worship him here, meaning the promised land. Now, God gave Abraham circumcision to confirm his promise. So when Abraham's son Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him on the eighth day. Isaac did the same to his son Jacob, and Jacob did the same to his 12 sons, which are the ancestors of the 12 tribes. Jacob's sons were jealous of their brother Joseph. Listen, this is the history of what happened. Jacob's sons, the 12 or the, well, I could say the 11 brothers were jealous of their um, brother Joseph. They sold him into slavery and he was taken to Egypt. But God was with Joseph and rescued him from all his suffering. When Joseph stood in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, God gave Joseph divine favor and wisdom so that he became ruler of Egypt and of Pharaoh's whole palace. In God something? God is good all the time. Listen, that was the plan of God working and coming to fruition. Then a famine throughout Egypt and Canaan brought a lot of suffering. Our ancestors couldn't find any food. When Jacob heard that Egypt had food, he sent our ancestors there, meaning the brothers, Joseph brothers. brothers. That was their first trip. On the second trip, Joseph told his brothers who he was. And Pharaoh learned that Joseph's family, about Joseph's family. Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and his relatives. Seventy-five people in all sojourned or traveled to Egypt to be with Joseph. So Jacob went to Egypt. And he and our ancestors, meaning the, the, the brothers, died there. So all, they all died. The 12 
brothers died in Egypt. They were taken to Sechem for burial in the tomb that Abraham purchased from Hamer's son. When the time that God had promised to Abraham had almost come, the number of our people in Egypt had grown very large. So Stephen is telling this story. Our people had grown when the time that God has promised. Now that lets you know that God, there is a time, there is a set time for the promises of God. There's a set time for the blessings of God. Everything has a time frame with God. Now, the Bible tells us uh, uh, one day with God is like a thousand years with us. We may be like kicking and screaming, God, when is you gonna? When is this gonna happen for me? Or when am I gonna come through? When is my trial gonna, going to be over? Whatever the case may be. But we're learning here that when the time that God had promised Abraham had almost come so that lets us know there's a time frame there's a time frame god has a time frame for his promises or his blessings to come forth now the number of our people in egypt had grown very large then a different king a different pharaoh who knew nothing about joseph began to rule in egypt this king was shrewd in the way that he took advantage of our people. He mistreated our ancestors. He made them abandon their newborn babies outdoors where they died. Now this is a message. And, they, and God actually gave me a message called Abandon Outdoors. Which we will talk about that in the near future abandoned outdoors have if anybody ever felt like they have been abandoned abandoned by your family abandoned by your friends abandoned by your neighbors your church the ones that you felt like would be there for you have you ever felt abandoned have you ever felt like you were just thrown away that nobody cared about you yes we are going to talk about that in the near future. Abandoned outdoors. Not only abandoned, but abandoned outside. My God from Zion, that's a word for itself. Anyway, we're going to get back to this. So we are going to talk about being abandoned outdoors, but that's going to be in a future podcast. Now, this Pharaoh made the people of Israel... God's chosen people, he made them abandon their newborn babies outdoors where those babies died. My God from Zion. At this time, Moses was born. Everybody should know about Moses, know something about Moses. At this time, Moses was born and he was a very beautiful child. His parents took care of him for three months. Listen, he was three months old. When Moses was abandoned outdoors. Listen, let me tell you, that is a word from God being abandoned outdoors. This baby was three months old. Can we think about it? Can we think about it being 
let's use it for an example um a novice in god a novice in jesus christ you just three months old you don't really know uh, much about the bible or much about uh living for the lord but you abandon outdoors abandon outside just felt thrown away oh yeah it's deep and we're going to talk about that now pharaoh's daughter adopted moses and raised him as her son so moses was educated in all the wisdom of the egyptians and became a great man in what he said and what he did when he was 40 years old he decided to visit his own people the israelites when he saw an israelite being mistreated or treated unfairly by an Egyptian he defended the Israelite he took revenge by killing the Egyptian Moses thought his own people would understand come on somebody let's say that again Moses thought his own people would understand that God was going to use him to give them freedom but they did not understand Come on, somebody. You would think your own people understand the things of God. You would think your own church or, 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 or your the religious people or those who say they love God and those that say they know God would understand what God is doing in your life and how he's going to use you to free people, to open the eyes of those that are blind to heal the sick. You're in your testing time. But listen. The Bible said they did not understand. They did not understand. Oh my God from Zion. I want to get deeper into that. But we're going to move on. Because that's for another time. Another message. The next day. Moses saw two Israelites fighting. And he tried to make peace between them. He said to them, Men, you are brothers. Why are you treating each other unfairly? But one of the men pushed Moses aside and asked Moses, Who made you our ruler and judge? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? After he said that, Moses quickly left Egypt and lived in Midian as a foreigner. And Midian, in Midian, he fathered two sons. Listen, 40 years later, a messenger appeared to him in the flames of a burning bush in the desert of Mount Sinai. And Moses was surprised when he saw this. As he went closer to look at the bush, the voice of the Lord said to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Moses began to tremble and didn't dare to look at the bush. The Lord told him, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy ground. I've seen how my people are mistreated in Egypt. 
I've heard their groanings and have come to rescue them. Listen, God hears your cry and he will come to rescue you. So now I'm sending you to Egypt. God is sending Moses to Egypt. Then Moses, this is the Moses whom the Israelites rejected by saying who made you our ruler and our judge see how they rejected moses but god had a plan this is the one god sent to free them and to rule them with the help of the messenger who appeared to him in the bush this is the man who led our ancestors out of egypt he is the person who did amazing things and worked miracles in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the desert for 40 years. Hmm. In the desert for 40 years when it should have only took um, four days. But we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> My God from Zion. This is the same Moses who told the Israelites, God will send you a prophet an Israelite like me. This is the Moses who was in the assembly in the desert. Our ancestors and the messenger who spoke to him on Mount Sinai were there with him. Moses received life-giving messages to give us, but our ancestors were not willing to obey him. Instead, they pushed him aside and in their hearts, they turn back to Egypt. My God from Zion, that heart, we have to clear the heart, we have to cleanse the heart. We have to have a pure heart and contrite spirits because that what's in the heart rules us, rules our life. And in their hearts, they turn back to Egypt. I can go on, but I'm not going to go on because I don't want this uh, podcast to be long. They told Aaron, we don't know what has happened to this Moses who led us out of Egypt. So make gods who will lead us. So basically they wanted Aaron to make them a god. Make them a god. A human being. Make them a god that was the time they made aaron made a calf a golden calf what they did is they gave their all their gold to aaron and aaron uh constructed a golden calf in the fire my god i'm saying if you go back and read that scripture uh um when moses came down and, and found the people worshiping this golden calf. Aaron said, you know, this calf, they just threw the gold in the fire and this calf just jumped out. I'm like, when I read that, I was like, really? Are you, are you kidding me? Really? So listen, we're just telling the story. We're just reading the summary of what happened. So the people said, so make gods who will lead us because Moses He's on the mountain too long. We don't know what happened to him. That is when they made the golden calf. They offered a sacrifice to that false god and delighted in what they had made. They were delightful 
in making this idol, my God from Zion. So God turned away from them and let them worship the sun, the moon, and the stars. Listen, if you're worshiping the sun, the moon, and the stars, you, you're not worshiping the true and the living God. As a matter of fact, the scripture is telling us that God turned away. God turned his face. If you're going to worship the sun, the moons, and stars, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. Why? Because God is a jealous God. And the scripture tells us that in the book of Exodus. God is a jealous God. My God. This is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and grain offerings in the desert for 40 years, nation of Israel? This is a question. You carried along the shrine of Moloch. This is a false god, an idol god, Moloch. The shrine of Moloch. You carried along the shrine of Moloch, the star of the god of Rephan, and the statues you made for yourself to worship. I will send you into exile beyond the city of Babylon. This is God speaking to him. Oh, this is Stephen telling the story of what God had to say to them. In the desert, our ancestors had the tent of God's promise. This is the tabernacle. Remember, we talked about the tabernacle. Moses built this tent, which is the tabernacle, God's dwelling place, exactly as God told him. He used the model he had seen. After our ancestors received the tent, they brought it into this land, meaning the Canaan land, the land, the promised land. They did this with Joshua's help when they took possession of the land from the nations that God forced out of our ancestors' way. Listen, God forced those people out of the promised land. So that the chosen people can come in and live. And actually we, we can read about how Joshua was a mighty warrior. And how he led the people. And how he, um, how he um, asked God or, or got a guidance from God of how to go about doing it. And this is how God forced out the people from the land. Now this tent remained here until the time of David, yes, who uh, won God's favor. And David asked that he might provide a permanent place for the family of Jacob. David wanted to build the temple, but God told David, no, he couldn't build the temple. Why? Because he had bloody hands. David was a warrior. His hands were too bloody to build the holy temple. So, but his son Solomon was the one who built a house for God. However, the Most High doesn't live in a house built by humans, as the prophet says. The Lord says, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, what kind of house are you going to build for me? Where will I rest? Didn't I make all these things? God made these things. So therefore, God is saying in the scripture that the tabernacle, basically the tabernacle is, is not his home. 
he may dwell there, but that is not his home. Now, Stephen began, after all of this, Stephen turned his attention to the people. Uh, to the people that was listening to this great lecture. He turned his uh, attention to the people, and we can find this in verse 51. He said, how stubborn can you be? How can you be so heartless and disobedient? You are just like your ancestors. They always oppose the Holy Spirit, and so do you. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors didn't persecute? They killed those who predicted that a man with God's approval will come. You have now become the people who betrayed and murdered that man. You are the people of that man, meaning Jesus Christ. Let's read that again. Um, they always oppose the Holy Spirit, and so do you. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors didn't persecute? They killed those, they killed the prophets who predicted that a man, meaning Jesus Christ, with God's approval, would come. You have now become the people who betrayed and murdered that man. Yes, they did. The church people killed Jesus. You are the people who received Moses' teachings. Moses taught them of the Messiah, which were put into effect by angels. But you haven't obeyed those teachings. As council members listened to Stephen, I mean, Stephen put a whipping on them, a tongue lashing, if you will. As the council members listened to Stephen, they became noticeably furious. But Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He looked into heaven, saw God's glory, and Jesus in the honor position, beside the Father, of course, the one next to God, the Father, in the heavenly throne. So Stephen said, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man in the honored position, standing, not seated, actually, he's standing on the right hand of the Father, which could imply, we can make an implication, but you know, you don't want to add or take away from the Word of God, but the, um, the researchers or the, the, um, uh, the teachers back then who studied the Bible, they said that you can imply that Jesus was standing to welcome Stephen. If he was standing to welcome Stephen, we don't know, but we know that he was in the honor position. He was beside his father. Now, the response of the Sanhedrin, they were furious at what Stephen had. I mean, Stephen went all the way back to the very beginning. He brought it down. He started with Abraham and how God told Abraham to leave his people. He talked about the, the 12 um, ancestors, the Jacob's children. He talked about Joseph, how he was went into slavery. He brought it all the way home and ended with the killing of Jesus Christ. So these people were so upset with him that they immediately and violently, they quickly saw the theological implications that Israel was guilty. Of course they are guilty. The law was temporary and the temple must 
be done away with because God does not live there. So they dragged Stephen out of the city and they stoned him to death. But the council members shouted and refused to listen. They refused to listen to what Stephen had to say. Then they rushed at Stephen with one purpose in mind. And after they had thrown him out of the city, they began to stone him to death. The witnesses left their coats with a young man named Saul, which we know ended up being Paul, the great apostle Paul, who wrote many books of the Bible. Yes, apostle Paul, his name was Saul, was there at the death of Stephen, um, basically encouraging or basically agreeing with what was taking place. Now, while council members, which is the church, were executing Stephen, Stephen called out, Lord Jesus, welcome my spirit. Then he knelt down and shouted, Lord, don't hold this sin against him. And after he did that, he died. Can you imagine? Can you imagine someone throwing stones at you? I mean, not little pebbles. I mean, stones bigger than a man's hand casting them at you that will cause harm to your body harm enough to kill you can you imagine a stone hitting him on the head and he actually knelt down and allowed this to take place he didn't run he knelt down and he shouted Lord don't hold this sin against him in other words, forgive them for what they do, just like Jesus did on the cross. Forgive them for what they do. They know not what they do. A man full of the Holy Spirit, a man full of faith, a martyr. All he did was recite the history of his people. That's all he did. He recited the history, which was true. But it made the church people so angry at him. Because they doing exactly what their fathers did, their forefathers. Until they killed this man, they stoned him to death. And we're going to wrap this up. In Stephen's speech, Stephen shows that God is not bound to an earthly temple built by human hands. God revealed himself to Abraham in Mesopotamia, to Joseph in Egypt, and to Moses in the flames of a burning bush. Stephen proves that the Jews are unable to confine God's dwelling place to the temple in Jerusalem. How dare they think that? He develops the theological theme of God. Worship, the law, and the covenant, and the person and message of the Messiah. Through the work of the Messiah, the house of Israel is able to worship God in truth and in justice. Stephen avoids mentioning the name of Jesus, but he teaches that God has raised up a Savior for the house of Israel. Israel, my God, my God, what a speech. 
What a speech. I tell you, go back to Acts chapter 7 and reread that speech. It is basically a synopsis of what took place. For those who have not read the Old Testament, the details, read this lecture prior to going back to find the details because there are a lot of details to fill in. But if you read this lecture, you get a synopsis of what actually took place from Abraham all the way basically to Jesus Christ being crucified. And I wanted to share this. I wanted to read this because I think it's very useful for those who are novices or those who are young in the faith that are learning and need some guidance in the Word of God. So this is a great, great way to learn about the children of Israel and what God did for them and what God didn't do for them and how God punished them. Just read this over prior to if you have not read the Old Testament this is great information here but this will give you an idea of what took place in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament will give you the details. So we're going to end this podcast here. Our next speech, our next lecture is coming from the Apostle Paul. And it is going down almost the same direction. But we're going to learn what the Apostle Paul had to say in his speech. And how it corresponds with what Stephen had to say. And my God from Zion, it's horrible that Stephen had to die but we understand that the Bible tells us what type of man he was, what type of character he had. And, I, and I'm almost, well not almost, I can say um, from what I've read about Stephen that Stephen is in heaven right now enjoying um, heavenly places. So thank you for listening to Sister Allie Castine. We just did a little reading on today. We're going to read to finish up this uh, two historical biblical speeches. The next one is coming from Acts chapter 13. If you want to go ahead and read that prior to the podcast coming out, go ahead and read Acts chapter 13 and we're going to learn some things together. Once again, thank you for listening to Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. We're just getting in a little bit of word on today. And I want to say that I love you and I will talk to you soon.